0: All right, race fans, uh, Ryan Aho here and the Burt Lehman bringing you episode 57 of the One to Go show. Man, we're we're kind of just chomping away here. I mean, like I said before, I mean, there's really no off season. I mean, we had plenty of racing action on this holiday weekend that we just had. Uh, We got plenty of racing action coming up. I mean, I don't think it ever stops. There really is no off season anymore. But uh, we're gonna before we get into a week in review, you know, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor there, uh, Frank Zuli Zuli Race Engines. Actually, I did a pretty neat interview with uh, Parker Anderson on Dirt Race Central, and he is a young gun, seventeen year old street stock driver from over in Wisconsin. This kid won a bunch of races, some pretty big specials, and he said the the biggest thing that changed in this program from the year before. He got an engine from Frank Zuli. Justin Vogel talked him into getting that engine. And, uh, Justin, that was Brady. Good job, right? That's your sponsor. You're supposed to do that. But, dude, he's stealing some wins from you. So if you want to run with the big boys there in the Steffa Street Stock Tour or any other class, Frank builds them all, get a hold of Zuli Race Engines. They got a hell of a product, hell of a guy, great customer service, and you won't be disappointed. So with that said, I'm going to look at my uh, volume here, make sure I got that turned up. So, with that said, Bert, we got a week in review. I still got this darn cough. So, so listeners, I apologize in advance. I still got this cough. I'm fighting this thing, crap that, that I have going on. But uh, this, too, shall pass. It, it just is what it is. It's going to go away. But uh, let's start with the turkey classic. Like, like we talked about last week, Bert, there was – a bunch of specials, and they all had the holiday theme, right? They all had that Thanksgiving feel to them. But uh, the Turkey Classic
1: down in Coca, Pot, Arizona, um, did you get a chance to catch any of the action there? No, I I didn't get a chance to see any of the action there, but uh, I see that uh, there was a local driver, Minnesota local driver racing down there that uh, our listeners may be interested in hearing about. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So we're talking about Don Shaw. So Shaw Trucking sponsored that event. He likes to go down to Arizona for the winter. Um, he figured if I'm going to go to Arizona, I may as well bring my race cars with. And uh, he parked his brand new Capital chassis in Victory Lane night number one. Great job, Don Shaw. Night number two, he got second. And Billy Moyer, it was interesting. Billy Moyer was there on night one driving Shaw's car. He wasn't, he didn't race it on night two. So I, <clears throat> I don't know if they were just testing or what they were doing, but uh, good old Don Shaw gave the the legend himself a beatdown. Um, Moyer got second, but he put a <laughs> beatdown on him for sure. Um, one thing I noticed, though, Bert, traditionally, that's not a big late model area, really light car cones. It wasn't even a big pay. It was more of one of those things, like I said, uh, you know, Don's got a place down there. He figured you can't race up north in the wintertime. I might as well bring the cars, have some fun. He'll be down there over the you know the wild west tour and stuff like that so you know hey hats off to the guy I, I think there's a lot of people wishing they could race down there so congrats to him and another one we had <clears throat> now this one was interesting um cochran georgia they had and i didn't even realize we talked about this last week i didn't realize there was another big paying late model show right 20 grand a win at the gobbler and uh heat race action got in and that's about it. Uh, you know, why don't you talk a little bit about what you saw? I know you watched the heat races there. You had a couple of comments. I got a couple of comments on that as well. And then I'm going to get into my thoughts on what happened here. Cause it was something that just fries me a
1: lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched the heat races there. Um, and it was interesting, uh, in, I believe it was the first heat race, uh, a name that we've talked about before on the show because, uh, he spun out the leader on the last lap, and was at at the Alabama track, the marathon. Uh, Parker Martin, uh, he is he's a young young kid who uh, is a throttle masher. And uh, when I was watching it, I the one of the announcers said that he was on his third engine of the weekend, and I I, I can't imagine um, going through that many engines uh, in one weekend. Uh, he had a Blank black car, no sponsors or anything on it, so I'm not sure uh, if uh, he was in a in an accident before and they just had to put a new body on and didn't have time to put sponsors or what the deal was with that. Uh, but he's definitely not afraid to. Uh, I mean, what we saw a few weeks ago um, was not a fluke because I mean he's not afraid to uh, use his car and rough up some other drivers on the track. Uh, there were some. Uh, paint scraping going on and then on the last lap coming out of turn four uh he wound up going into the wall almost almost head on so uh you know i guess that's his driving style and uh you know other drivers are going to race him the way he races them so um probably the best race of the night though or you know heat wise was uh ross bales won the third heat that was a pretty good heat um bloomer Started on the pole in his heat and uh, pushed hard until one and two and was in fourth place by the time they were going down the back stretch. He did recover and finished second uh, by car length uh, when the checkered flag flew, but uh, you don't see him, uh, you know, starting on the pole, you don't see him do that too often. So, Well, kind but of yeah, what I mean.
0: happened there, Bert. I'm going to touch on that. It <clears throat> looked like Michael Page. Um, Moy- or uh, Boomer started on the pole, Pave started outside, he came into turn one and he just shut the door on him, right? He didn't, I mean, it wasn't like a horrible, like ran, ran him in the infield, but it was something that I don't think Bloomquist expected. So he jumped on the brakes right away and when he picked up the brakes, he was right into where he was going to transition, Drove right up the track, boom! Two cars got by him, and and uh, so Paige—that's a guy that we kind of watched over the summer here. Mm-hmm. He put together some pretty good races. He, he looked pretty darn good, but like you said, Bloomer was coming. Kind of has that little car looks weird in transition. It always looks a little tight, but uh, the, he started driving it harder and harder, and he was right, right on his right recorder panel at the line. So it was a pretty good heat race.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Um, but, yeah, they had 52 entries there, which was, uh you know, a good car count, Uh unfortunately. Didn't they have 25? Oh, oh never mind. Okay, I was thinking you know. of a different race. All right. We're going to talk em. about that. I, I got ahead you. of myself. You did. Yeah, and, and Jeff
0: brought that to my attention, our late model expert. So, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But, yeah,
1: 25 cars, 20 grand to win. Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah, I mean – you know, as you said leading into the segment, you know, you didn't realize there's another race that paid twenty grand to win, and it almost, and based on the drivers that were, you know, there, yeah, Bloomer was there, and there's a few other, you know, Overfield. fairly decent name drivers there. But I mean, you know, you didn't have a lot of name drivers there, so I, I don't know how some of these promoters can put up that kind of money and not draw um you know the big name drivers there well
0: that's really easy you just cancel the feature and keep everybody's money i mean that's kind of what you know i saw on facebook people are like don't even get me started on what happened at Cochrane, you know because they had the heats one day features the next day and you know the the weather came in <clears throat> it rained and was it going to be a little slimy probably but it's a dirt track you can pack that in not a big deal i mean you got a 20 grand to win show you don't cancel early i like, mean like, come on you know i mean what are, what are they thinking But, you know, they saw, they knew the rain was going to come in, yet they opened up the pit gate, they opened up the grandstands, they took everybody's money, right? And then they're like, yeah, we're going to cancel it, postpone it till March and not give anybody any refunds back. So maybe, possibly, and I don't know this, but maybe there's there's some history there. Maybe some drivers knew that and they're like, if there's any chance of rain, they're just going to pull the pin, keep our money drivers kind of know that so maybe that's the case i mean even even madden who's uh you know he's from down in that area he's not too far from there he says i'm just taking the weekend off he wasn't even racing i figured i'd see madden there he wasn't there overton was he's a georgia boy isn't he overton yes yeah so i wasn't surprised to see him there and he looked really really good uh i think he would have been you know the class of the field as he has been the better part of the year I mean he's been he's been stout but uh you know that just leads me to this I just hate the no refund policy kidding me come on I mean I just simply don't get it um I I know a lot of tracks do it and we're talking to Puka he goes oh man that's the oldest trick in the book and he's right it is I mean (laughs) I remember many 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 times that that happened but usually it's during the summer and, and usually they say, look, hey, bring your wristband, backband next week, right? Not March. I mean, we're talking like several months down the line. Is it a huge deal? No. But, I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of race fans that are on a budget, you know, especially this year with COVID and with everything going on and the holidays coming up, <clears throat> people are on a budget, and then that track just go ahead and takes all their money. I got a hard time with that, you know. Um, I remember I was on the board at Hibbing. I was I uh, helped at the Grand Rapids Speedway, and when things like that happen, you know, give them the option. In my opinion, to keep their wristband, right? Give them that option. Mm-hmm. But also, if you know, there could have been people from out of town or whatever. Exactly. Give them their money back. I mean, come on, you ain't out nothing by giving them their money back. You ain't out nothing. So why wouldn't you do it? You know. So <clears throat> that just leaves a bad taste. In people's mouth it's not a good way to do business and it's disappointing to see that that kind of stuff still happens here today so uh cochran georgia come on come on <laughs> i mean i i you knew something was up when they're having like 87 classes of late models you, you kind of get it but yeah I, I think that uh i think that they can do better than that and and hopefully <clears throat> you know they they kind of change their ways now a race that did happen was I believe this is night number two of the of the um actually I, I'm wrong it's not night number two this was actually the finale of the Iron Man series and it was the leftover another Thanksgiving based uh name here at the 411 in Seymour Tennessee now I know you watched that race Burt you know talk a little bit about what you saw in that race I got a couple of thoughts after you uh chime in
1: yeah um I mean it, I don't know what it is down there, but they, they like having these tracks where it is just dry slick from top to bottom. And, you know, there's no cushion whatsoever. And, you know, it's slick. And I, I believe this was a race that started in the after, this race program started in the afternoon. And they like to just start in the daylight race four different late model divisions and they have a dry slick track i mean you know jimmy owens went on and won five thousand dollars um uh but you know the race really wasn't all that exciting i think he won by what eight seconds or something like that (laughs) it it was a ways it was a ways i
0: mean he's the lucas oil champion for a reason this year I mean, he had a hell of a race season. He was the class of the field. But this is right in his home state. You know, it's right in Tennessee. You know, so, I mean, why not go to that show? But it did take him a little while to get the lead, right? I mean, I think it was like lap 17. He finally got by Corey Mm Hedstock, who uh, I watched him over the summer, too. That that guy can flat out wheel a car. He's pretty quick.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, if I I remember right, there really weren't a lot of cautions in this race. It was uh, pretty continuous. I don't know if there was any cautions. I could be wrong right. on
0: that, but it might have been green to checkered 50 laps of distance in that one. And, and uh, Ryan King, he kind of limped along the 16th place finish, but he actually won. He was the, the champion of the Ironman series. So hats off to Ryan King. And uh, I think uh, Owens lap eighth place, so seven cars only on the lead lap, which is, I guess, when you go green to checkered, that's going to happen. Right. But you know that just uh, that's just part of it, right there. There was a whole lot of lap traffic, but you know, hats off. As slippery as the track was, right? No caution. In in the whole that whole deal down there, I don't know if you really watched. I watched kind of throughout the whole deal there. Very weird, right? I was talking to Jeff Krause, a buddy of mine. He said, "What are they doing? They time trial like every single car. I think they had like a hundred and eighty-nine cars at the track, and they did." time trials for every single one and and what's unique is they the late models, the mods, and I think another class, maybe it was crate lates or whatever, that had like 40 of them, they would take the top eight from time trials and they'd go directly into the first four rows of the feature. They not have to race the heat. Everybody else oh, goes wow. into the heat race. Yeah, I'm like, well that's kind of weird. You know, I, I mean I can see putting them up front in the heat, but you know, kind of weird takes it away, it takes away from things, right? So that was interesting. <clears throat> and then several of the classes, there was a lot of like the you know, lower classes that only had like 20 cars, they didn't even have heats. They ran time trials and lined them up for the feature. And I'm like, it just don't even make sense. First <laughs> of all, time trialing every single car starting at noon, that makes no sense because it's bone dry. It was bone dry, black, dusty in heat race number one, right after they played, that they had opening ceremonies. They had all the time trials in. I mean, there wasn't a lick of traction anywhere on the racetrack. I'm like, you think they go and farm it or do something? But you're right. They don't, they don't really want to build a cushion. They just left it black slick. And <clears throat> several of the heat races took forever because there was a lot of dust and marbles on the track. Um, four classes of late models at this one. You know, kind of crazy. But uh, here's the deal. 52 cars at this one. Okay, this is interesting to me. So 52 cars for 5,000 to win, 25 cars for 20,000 to win down down at Cochrane, Georgia. And I got that information from Jeff. He pointed that out. And I'm like, man, you know, that, I mean, maybe location, maybe there's something with the promoter. Maybe there's some history. I don't really know. Tennessee is a little bit more centrally located, but that just goes to show. And, and here's a, drivers won't like to hear this. They really won't. So I apologize in advance. I'm going to piss you all off. <clears throat> there's no reason to pay 20 grand when you can get the same car count for five grand. no i agree <laughs> it makes no sense maybe Bloomquist wouldn't have gone maybe he would have gone to tennessee maybe they would have had a couple less but i don't know i mean and that is a draw i mean when you get a Bloomquist there and you get you know over 10 i mean that's going to bring more fans especially if they know they're coming but you know paying that kind of money it just shows that you know, that's not always the case. Drivers aren't always attracted to the bigger paycheck, and this just proves it right here. Four times the money, half the car count. Pretty interesting deal. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I don't I don't know what the the payout was, you know, down further. Um, but yeah, just because uh you th- you have a 20,000 to win race doesn't mean that you're going to draw more drivers. I mean, you would hope that it does, but it doesn't necessarily mean uh, that you're going to get more drivers. And I mean, obviously, you know, when you have a, double the cars at a 5,000 to win show compared to a 20,000 to win show, uh, I think that proves that fact. Well, I remember
0: up in Hibbing um, when, I, when I was, I think it was back around 10, 11, somewhere around that area, I was driving Jeff Provenzino's late model. And during the summer, we had a hundred lap, 10 grand to win. It was like five or 600 to start late model, late model show. We got like 35, 36 cars. Okay. Labor day weekend, it paid 3,500 to win each day. And we had more than that. And it's like, it makes no sense. Right. I, I just don't get it. So, you know, and you look at a lot of the specials, they have these big paying specials and you just don't get the results that you're looking for with car cones. I mean, you know, I, I'm thinking if you have a 10 grand to win show, there should be 50 of them for sure, but it just don't work that way. And we even paid good down on the bottom. It paid good all the way throughout. it just, it just didn't work out that way, which is interesting to me, but, uh, you know, needless to say that show at Cochrane didn't happen. The show at 411 did started at noon and it didn't go till midnight, which is good. I think it ended <laughs> at like eight, nine o'clock, which was long enough, but, uh, that day racing is just just blows me away. Now but one race, they seem I'm, to
1: love it down. They seem to uh, love it down there.
0: Yeah, they don't know much. They don't know any better. <laughs> you know, they're you know, they're they down in the south. I mean, I'm sorry, but it is what it is. They just don't. I actually like I said, I argued with a guy on Facebook. We're talking about a race that's coming up this week, uh, about the day racing. He goes, well, they gotta start early, otherwise the trap's too slippery. I'm <laughs> like, this guy must have been either drunk or stupid, but I'm not really sure because it doesn't work that way, at least not on planet earth where we live. Okay. So another race Bert, that I did not get to see, I saw the results for, I was excited to kind of me. I was hoping there was going to be something on dirt on dirt. There has not been anything posted up there yet is Springfield. Um, they actually had the Turkey bowl. It was a postponed race. They moved it back a week and uh, only 4,000 to win. But what what intrigued me when I saw it, I looked at the results for like, all the classes. I just kind of, I saw it online. They, they had the results on there. And and most of the people that finished on the podium and all these classes started deep, started deep, including Parker Martin, who uh, from 14th, he he won the feature from 14th there. Now, I don't know if that's a different Parker Martin or the same part. I mean, we're talking Springfield, right? So I'm not really sure, but uh, he won from 14th. He won this deal in 17. 19 and in 2020 so he won it three times but man there was some good racing there so i'm hoping that i can find it online because i think that would be a pretty neat tra- i've never seen a race there have you seen any races there at springfield no i haven't yeah i'm, I'm trying to find here and i can't uh, yeah turkey bowl martin charges to turkey bowl victory right there oh my bad i'm wrong Okay. Mark this down. Write it down. Give me crap. It's Logan. Logan Martin, not Parker Martin. All right. That clears well, some well, things it, up.
1: It, it's funny because when you said that he won in 2017, 2019, and 2020, well, he, Parker Martin's only, what, like 15 right now? Yeah, he's
0: just a kid. We're like, that don't make sense. There's some, and, and, and I had to look that up because because you brought that up.
1: And you're like, there's, there's something right
0: here. I'm like, i don't know I, I thought i wrote it down right but i, I did look that up and i caught it i caught it for everybody that was logan martin um and uh, incidentally i have seen him race a few times too he's pretty quick but but uh, from 14th he was leading the heat race broke a drive shaft and you know so that that knocked him out but started back 14th drove to the front and looking at like i said looking at the results there was a whole lot of passing and you know now keith we didn't forget about you All right. We usually start with the sprint cars. This time we pushed it back. Right. And uh, there was some sprint car racing this weekend and, and uh, they had the copper classic down at the Arizona speedway at Santan Valley, Arizona. And uh, talk a little bit about that. I know you watched a little bit of that racing. Why don't you, what what do you see out of uh, the sprint car racing down there?
1: Yeah. uh, I didn't see the first night. So I'll I'll let you comment on that uh, after I'm done, but I did watch the second night, the feature anyway, uh, and I, I do have some comments about that. Um, Kyle Larson won it. Well, he won the first night also, but he won number 44 and number 45, uh, on the season. And, uh, you know, earlier we talked about, uh, farming it, you know, they didn't farm the track at, uh, at the four eleven. And, um, one thing I noticed when I was watching, when I went to flow racing to watch the feature for the, the sprint card was. They were packing the track when, when I tuned in and uh, because they did some uh, track work prior to the feature and then I watched the feature and it's a good thing they did the track work because it it was a good racy track. I mean, it just shows you the difference, you know, when you start at noon, run all day and you have a, a track that's like glass where, compared to a track where they did a little track prep prior to the race and it was a very racy surface there's a cushion um uh rico led the first part of the race but uh actually kyle larson passed him and then the caution came out so he had to start behind him again on the on the restart um but um it was a very fun fun race to watch and um you know i know a lot of people that i know they you know they call me a late model guy and i do like late models but i want everybody to come Get close to your screen. Turn up your volume. That was a fun sprint car race to watch. And I'm going to have to make a point to uh, go to some sprint car races in person this upcoming summer.
0: Yeah, you're right. I, You know, when I was growing up, I used to love watching sprint cars. I remember as a kid like Thursday Night Thunder they had down at, like, Ascot Park and stuff. Yeah, be on all night long, and I I got my parents to let me have a TV in my room, and I would stay up all night watching sprint cars out in California, and that was non-Winged Wayne Midgets. I think they had a little bit of everything out there. And then I, and I really kind of our hey, the heyday, you think back to the world of outlaws when you had, you know, Kinzer and lasaski and Swindell and, you know, Mark Kinzer and Blaney and, you know, Hodenschild and, Stevie Smith and Doug Wolfgang, right? I mean, there was a big, big group. And, uh, you know, it's it kind of, for me anyway, I don't think it ever really did, but for me, that kind of went away a little bit. But now it's kind of back. I mean, there's been some really competitive sprint car races and there's a lot of up and comers and there's a lot of action. So, you know I guess uh thankful for twenty twenty that I watched a lot of racing online because I think I was missing out on the excitement of the sprint car world, so Keith, uh, I can see that smile from here uh, <laughs> take it easy you know we like the other races too but it but it was good now, you talked about <clears throat> night number excuse me night number two that they farmed the track they didn 't do that on night number one. she locked down it was pretty rubbered up and and uh Kyle Larson won, and uh, Macedo got mine about halfway through the race and lap traffic and Kyle Larson and victory lane said, yeah, I didn't really, I had to be aggressive, but I didn't want to be too aggressive. Cause if I drove off the rubber, it was going to open up the door. So he, he really said, I had a four or five laps there where I just wasn't very good at all. And that's when i uh, got by him and kind of challenged for the lead there, but uh, the cream rose to the top. And you know, one thing I noticed about that race, Bert, not one, not two, but three trophy girls. <laughs> So you don't see that very often, especially... No, you the, don't. You know, that's kind of like the motorcycle deal. But uh, I thought that was pretty cool. And you can see the drivers up there. They kind of got their arms around them. I think they, they look pretty cold because it was pretty chilly down there. But yeah, that, that was uh, pretty exciting stuff down there. Now, I was going to jump up to upcoming stuff, but I think we're going to we're gonna come back to that. Because we talked about down at Cochran, right? 20 grand to win. Less cars. Oh,
1: Could I bring ahead. up one, you, one more thing? Yeah. I, I forgot... I uh I wrote this down um during the caution of the of the feature the second night um I mean this announcer was pretty he gets you know you can tell he gets excited and stuff but during the caution uh, I wrote down this is quote that race was so good everyone should walk out the front gate and pay admission again
0: <laughs> nice nice yeah now you gotta be careful with that because on the ones that are snoozers you don't want to walk and get your right. money back so but uh yeah that I mean it, it, the second night the first night wasn't very good but that race the second night I mean just the battle with Rico and Kyle Larson I mean that that was quality entertainment and, and uh, Rico's up on the wheel you know he's he's a hard charger and you know, them them guys race against each other quite a bit. They're you know, I think they're pretty tight. And Kyle Larson was again, I mean, he he, he was solid and and I believe that this car out on the west coast, I, I should know this, but it's a different car owner than he drove for most of the year. So he has it looks the same, but he's got a couple different people that he's driven for and uh, so that's a that's a different group that he drove for out there and he, he was pretty excited because that whole group was at the track and they were able to be part of it so kind of a neat deal Kyle Larson heck of a season and uh, he's not done yet he's got some uh, midget racing coming up and he's going to try to sneak in a few more wins there he's trying to he's trying to get ahead of Sebraski. I have to look back at what Sebraski's count <laughs> is but I think he's trying to get ahead of Shane I'm not really sure so I, I think he's probably going to do it too but we talked about let's get into this we talked about um, 20 grand to win at Cochran 25 cars 5 grand to win at, at 411 and there's 50 some cars right and I saw a post on Facebook here and I don't remember what site it was on and in fact I could look it up while we're talking here um, but I, I was looking it up and they talked about somebody just kind of posted I know Dirt on Dirt did this a while back they posted like their top 10 crown jewels and this guy here posted like a list of like <clears throat> what he considered crown jewels. And this is a fluid argument or conversation or topic or whatever you want to call it, because what makes a crown jewel, a crown jewel, right? See you jump on Facebook in our realm. Most everybody talks about, Oh, it's late, late moms. Every, every crown jewel they talk about is a big late model race. Does it have to be a late model race? I mean, Could it be a modified race? Is there modified crown jewels? Is there sprint car crown jewels, right? What makes a crown jewel a crown jewel? Now, I got a couple questions. I'm just going to kind of throw them out there. And then I'm going to let you weigh in first off on what you think it takes for a crown jewel to be considered a crown jewel event. And then, you know, I'll kind of weigh in on my thoughts a little bit. And then we'll touch on, you know, what are we... Maybe not, we don't necessarily have to have like a top five in order, but just name off some shows that come to mind when you think about a crown jewel event, especially in the dirt car world. So does it have to be late models? That's the big one because, you know, everything's late model, late model, late model. I don't think it just has to be late models. I think there's crown jewels in everything. Does it have to be a national series, right? can a regional series or even a local series have a crown jewel in their own area? Is that considered a crown jewel? Is that different? Right. You take the sites Memorial up in uh, river city speedway. Yep, It's 9,200 to win, but that's like a late model crown jewel for our region for the wisota cars, you know? So, <clears throat> you know, you start looking at that, but wisota 100, I got my opinions on that show. I'm going to say <laughs> that is not crown jewel and we can it get in to be. fly. It, it used, used to me. be, and in fact, we'll just touch on that, and I think they wrecked it, okay, and it's not the people that are running with soda now. It happened years and years and years ago when they had a huge car called, they were up over 100 mods and supers, and they decided just off a of whim, you know what, this year we're going to run two features for the modified. That right there took away any credibility that event had, because it's like, why on earth would they do that? I mean, this ain't like equal opportunity deal. I'm sorry, you didn't get to make the feature. So we're just going to add another one of the program. So they, they got rid of that, thank God. But then they added a whole other the 100, right? So so they had it at Marshfield originally, went to Cedar Lake. And I mean, that was going to be epic. I mean, it was fixing to be like Boone Super Nationals type of deal. And then all of a sudden they decide, you know what? it's just too far to drive, you know, for some of the South Dakota, Montana guys. So let's just go ahead and pull one up in South Dakota. And heck they even did one one year where they had a far West one and they had three. Now, now they're back to one, but they run against the legendary 100 at Cedar Lake, which is not Soda anymore, but it just, they had such a great opportunity for that thing to be massive and uh, it just kills me because that could have been a crown jewel in my opinion. Now, another thing is this, <clears throat> like I said, can it be mods, you know, what comes to mind there, Boone Nationals for sure. Um, does it have to pay 25, 30 grand to win or more? I mean, is it all based on pay? Is a, does a crown jewel have to be a big paying show or is it a prestigious deal? Right. Or is it like a long-term that's been there for a long time? or overall entertainment value right you know you start looking at some of them type of things what makes it a crown jewel you know so we'll get into we'll get into the discussion in your mind there Bert. what makes a crown jewel a crown jewel
1: well you kind of touched on um a lot of things that make a race a crown jewel well first off let me say i mean yeah i mean crown jewels aren't just in late models i mean i i you know, each each segment of the racing community has their own. I mean, sprint car racing, obviously, uh, Knoxville is a crown jewel, um, and uh, I would agree for modified racing. And and what what's uh, interesting about this with modified racing is, well, I'm not as familiar with the USMTS, but you know, I can't think of any USMTS races that are crown jewels. Uh, but you think of the Boone Super Nationals, uh, the Harris Clash uh, in the modified ranks. Uh, but as far as what makes a crown jewel, to me, it is um, history of the event, um, buzz within the industry regarding the event, uh, buzz between drivers wanting to win that race, uh, buzz from the fans wanting to attend that race, um, and I, I mean, I, I think money, you know, the purse, uh, you know, how much it is to win plays a part in being a crown jewel. But I don't think it has to be a fifty thousand dollar to win show in order to be a crown jewel. Um, I think uh, history of history and prestige of the event are uh, probably, to me anyway, the two biggest factors as to what makes a crown jewel
0: yeah i would agree and and one thing that you know after this year up until this year i don't know if i would have thought this way but watching a lot of races online the overall entertainment value of the event itself right you look at the topless down at batesville batesville doesn't seem like it's that exciting to me okay but then you look at you know, the the prairie dirt classic, right? Which didn't happen this year, but any race that happens at falls, right, is automatically gonna elevate, right? But does it have to be an individual race? Okay. How about how about East Bay, right? You take speed weeks for East Bay, and that, them aren't huge paying. I believe they're all around ten grand ish, ten, twelve, aren't they? Fifteen maybe, I think on the on the weekend, I think that's about what it gets up to. Um, yeah so they're not like that's not a 30 grand that's not 40 that's not 50 but it's a series of races and as a race fan i like i look at it and I'm like man i i would love to go to east Bay for the whole week and that is like a crown jewel event like a series a week right you know so <clears throat> how does that weigh in as compared to like the individual events like uh usa nationals world 100 the dream you know can you can you slide a, a deal like east bay into that because of the history the racing the hype the excitement nothing else going on everybody wants to be
1: there can can that be considered a crown jewel i mean in in the truest sense of the word probably fans wouldn't consider it a crown jewel because it's not one indiv- i i think The perception amongst fans is a crown jewel is one, you know, one specific race. Um, I mean, we have a classic example of, you know, the gateway. Is that a crown jewel? It pays good money, but it's a new event. You know, it doesn't have the history behind it. Uh, It doesn't necessarily have the prestige behind it either. I mean some of the top drivers go there but not all of the top drivers go there because it is hard on equipment <laughs> um <laughs> yes it is <laughs> uh, you know so is that a crown jewel it pays a lot of money um i don't but, think it's been long i think i agree with you
0: that one been long standing enough and <clears throat> you know i think there's i think it's just what scope are you looking at it through right you know as a driver you know you look at Uh, let's be honest it kind of starts with pay as a driver it does i mean if you win a 50 grand to win deal that's better than winning a 10 grand to win show so you know you look at the usa nationals and compared to any one of those races at east bay as a driver they'd all rather win that 50 grand to win show because it's a standalone deal as a fan as an enthusiast I don't know if Crown Jewel maybe is the word for like East Bay. Maybe that's like a bucket list or maybe that's like a yeah, right. you know, gotta see type event. So it's an interesting conversation because I saw a lot of people on that post. They weighed in and they're like, well, if this one's a Crown Jewel, this one's a Crown Jewel. And everybody had, you know, their kind of local track, their favorite track. Well, our show's a Crown Jewel. So it's like, it's one of those things. Well, is it? I mean, I saw things that as low as six grand to win up to, you know, a hundred grand to win for like the dream and the, and the dirt track world championship, you know, but, you know, so you look at some of that stuff, the dirt track world championships been around a long, long time. So is the dream. So, so is the world 100. Those are obviously crowd rules, USA nationals. But I think that's an interesting topic because everybody's got a different opinion on that. And I think what it comes down to is what's important to you, whether you're a driver a fan, whatever it may be, what's important to you in the, it's a fun conversation to have. I think it'd be kind of cool to get people kind of weighing in on, on their crown jewels.
1: But if you had to throw go ahead, Bert. I agree with that. And I, I, you, I was thinking about this and you brought it up uh, the dirt track world championship. Now, yeah, that's a crown jewel, but that's been at different racetracks. So, you know, to me, the luster is off that crown jewel a little bit because it doesn't have that tradition of being at one track.
0: I totally agree and and the track is at now at now is not real great you know it's, it's it could be a lot better racing than where it's at right now too so yeah that's another thing that weighs in I mean has it has it stayed at the same place from inception that's a big deal now Don't get me wrong, then drivers when they they win the Dirt Track World Championship and they get that sweet looking trophy and they get that really big (laughs) paycheck, to them, it's a crown jewel. But in our conversation, where does that weigh in? that's That's another topic for discussion. But what you know, I know you got a handful of them written down here. You know, what are some crown jewels in your mind that are like, damn, that's automatic? That one's automatic. I know you got a few written down. I got a few written down as well. What sticks out to you as far as crown jewels? Well, I
1: mean, obviously, uh, the world 100, um, is a crown jewel to me. Um, uh, it's well, well that world 100, I think the USA nationals is a crown jewel that, that has history behind it. It pays good money. Um, uh, drivers enjoy racing there. Uh, it's, it's good racing. Um, I mean, the dream would have to be a crown jewel, but, See, I, I don't think the Dream has nearly the, the buzz that the World One Hundred has, which is crazy uh, to me because it pays when <laughs> I right? know. I mean, I it know. just
0: it makes no <laughs> sense. You're right. The World One Hundred's got that luster, but my goodness, it pays double. What is it, fifty three grand to win or something like that, right? For the this year for the, for the uh, world for the World right. One Hundred. Yeah. I mean, I think they both got canceled. But the Dream is a hundred grand, so. How that could not, I mean, that, I mean, that just kind of talks about, that's our argument
1: right there, right? I mean, I've, I've only been to one dream. That was in 2004. So, I mean, in 16 years, you know, I'm not sure what the crowds and stuff are like. But <laughs> as far as, you know, comparing the dream that I went to in the World 100s that I go to the crowd, it, I mean, there's no comparison. It's just a whole different buzz at the World 100 than it is at the dream yeah that's crazy
0: that's crazy <laughs> any, any other shows that really come to mind
1: for you um i think knoxville um i mean well, which for sprint, one sprint cars uh, which, and late models <laughs> and, and
0: you talk about that because i've never been to the sprint car race but i've watched you know several of them and and it's jam-packed all the way around the racetrack i mean it's it's insane and you go to the late model show, and they didn't have the back. Well, at the time I went there, the background right. stands weren't even open. So, you know, some a Knoxville enthusiast would be like, dude, seriously, you can't even put the late <laughs> model nationals on the list. Like, you got the Knoxville nationals for sprint cars here, and then way down here somewhere, way down here is the late model portion. And well, sorry, I, I, would, agree. Guys, I but-
1: would agree with that. Uh, I mean, part of my – part of me putting it on the – excuse me crown jewel list and and maybe this is where we refer back to bucket list i mean i want to see a late model race at knoxville i i went to uh the knoxville nationals one year it just happened to be the year that uh three straight nights of racing got rained out and then we left sunday morning and they raced in the afternoon so um we uh went we went there saw Went to for three nights of racing. <laughs> saw about ten minutes of hot laps. Saw three rollovers in in those ten minutes. Uh, we saw a jet dryer blow up. And uh, our joke is because we had ice cream at Dairy Queen down there. So our joke is we went to Iowa for three nights and for for some Dairy Queen ice cream. <laughs> you
0: know what's crazy about that town is they nice <laughs> racing. I mean the the sidewalks and crosswalks, and you walk into every every building there, every every restaurant and hotel. They got racing stuff everywhere. I mean that city embraces the sport of dirt track racing. Well, and it's pretty
1: cool. And what's so interesting is that that track is in the middle of the city. I mean, I mean yes. for a track that seats that many people, it is in the middle of the city.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, I've heard you know I've heard stories, and I had I didn't witness this, but I heard stories of cars flying out of the out of the building landing on the street and tires flying over into the street and across into parking lots and stuff yeah it's pretty crazy it's right in the middle of town um i'm gonna add a couple to the listener you talked about the world 100 in the dream and i I hate to be that guy that puts Eldora way up on top like i just i'm not a half mile guy i'm sorry (laughs) it is what it is you know but the world 100 it's hard to argue that that's not number one in late model racing because it just there's there's a lot of luster there um you know, you talked about the USA Nationals, you talked about uh, you talked about Knoxville Nationals. You know, how about the Kings Royal? We'll get back to Eldora here, right? You know, hundred and seventy-five thousand a win, you know, this coming year. We're gonna to get to that in a minute. But the Kings Royal is another big one for the sprint car world. That would be, you know, the Knoxville Nationals is number one for sure. That deal was that Portsmouth at isn't it a hundred grand a win deal there? There's a couple big sprint car shows. So I believe it would be the Kings Royal and I think Portsmouth, I think has a hundred grand to win deal. Both. of I think that's what is it is. it Portsmouth? Is that right? I, I'm not sure. Yeah. There's another one over there. That's a big paying deal, but needless to say, Those are two big events right there. Uh, as an open wheel guy, I, I've never really been a huge IMCA guy. I mean, there's some things I like about IMCA, some things I don't, it is what it is, but it's hard to argue that the Boone super nationals is, Oh yeah. I mean, that is number one in modified world. And and what's crazy to me, and I get it, the Wissota guys stick to Wissota, the UMP guys stick to UMP, I get it, but there's so much luster to that race. There's so much clout. There's, I mean, every vendor's there. Everybody talks about it. And uh, one regret I had in modified racing is I didn't convert my car over and go to that event. I'm um, just looking at the track. It reminds me a lot of the turn and burn deals that I race at. I think I'd enjoy racing there. Not this year because it rained the whole time. I'm glad I wasn't there this year, but you know, <laughs> that big a car cone, that atmosphere, you know, that just the history of that event, that that's one that's on there for me. Um, another one, that i have on there and and i don't know where this fits in i really don't know the history of the track i mean really it's only the last year i really heard about it but how long has the prairie dirt classic been going on because in my mind just the overall entertainment value of the races at that event at that show at that track is unbelievable is that a long-standing deal the prairie dirt classic
1: yeah i'm not sure what the history is behind that race um, I mean, because you know we're talking about what makes a crown jewel. I mean what's interesting is um, I mean you and me having a conversation about about that race, uh, we know the type of racing that goes on there, and we both agree that's a must go to event at some point um, so the diehard race fans would would probably consider that a crown jewel, but like the average race fan it's you you know when you hear an average race fan, Oh, world 100 dream, you know, they start saying all these races, but that race won't come up. It's just not that well-known for some reason.
0: I, I would agree with you because honestly, up until like last year, and I think it was Croy powers. Cause he knew that I moved to Illinois. And he said, Ryan, Hey, pretty nerd classics coming up. You got to get there. I'm like, what is that? Where's it at? I don't even, don't even know anything about it. And uh, so you're exactly right. Is And now that I, you know, now that we have Flow Racing, Dirt on Dirt, we're we're able to watch a bunch of races from there, and there's a bunch on YouTube. I'm like, how could I have not known about this place? I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, the place is crazy good, Um, but it's just, like you said, that's something that, yeah, I would say that slides down the list because the average person, I've talked to a lot of people this year. I'm like, man, have you you seen that race at Fairbury? They're like, no, no. ever seen anything there and then you show it to them they're like oh my god that's awesome so there is something to that that's that's definitely down a few notches because it's not as well known maybe I can see that changing though um just because of the you know the streaming platforms and the hype and all that I can see that maybe gaining some ground in the in the years
1: to come what do you think I agree. Um, I mean, as uh, more races get streamed and, you know, you know, casual, even casual race fans, uh, watch stuff online. um, I would imagine that um, that race will uh, move up the, up the charts a little bit on crown jewels. Now that race is right before Cedar Lake. Is there a crown jewel that it's right after? Is it sandwiched in between two races?
0: Um, I'm not sure. I'd have to look. Okay. I know that
1: right around that
0: time starts a whole string of big money. events. Right. So <clears throat> I'm not sure how that all falls in. I'm not sure if that's the first one. I know it's kind of tied in right around the same time as the hell tour and all that. So, you know, so there's, I'm, I'm not sure. I, would have okay. to. Look. Um, now with that said, let's end, let's end this topic with this. Give me three crown jewel type
1: events that you have not been to
0: that are on your list that you want to go to?
1: Well, I'm going to say Knoxville is on that list because I haven't actually seen a race there. <laughs> Which one? Which one? Sprints or lights? Well, I guess I could say both of them. There you go. There you go. Um, I mean, it, it's always kind of been my – Uh, i've wanted i've always kind of wanted to go to boone at least once just to experience it oh and uh one crown jewel that we haven't talked about um is the chili bowl
0: that is definitely a crown jewel (laughs) that is the race of races in the midget world for sure i'm gonna put that one down on the list here as well that that we talked about because you know it's kind of cool you talk about the chili bowl you have this year's uh cup champion right chase elliott's gonna try try that out so that's kind of a you know, everybody likes to be part of that deal. Even t- I think Tony Stewart had a fake name um, a few years back and yeah. entered <laughs> that deal too. So, but yeah, the Chili Bowl is definitely another one. So your your top three would be Knoxville. I'll just count that as one. Both of them. Um, you have the uh, you said Boone and and what what other one? I'll I'll just count both Knoxville's as one as one show.
1: Okay. Well, I chili would say Bowl. the
0: chili I would say the Chili Bowl also. Chili Bowl. So for me, um, <clears throat> just because of all the hype, I'm going to put the Prairie Dirt Nationals um, number one on the list because, like, I got addicted to watching some racing down at Falls, and that place was incredible. I mean, everything about that place just screams excitement. So I want to get down there to Fairbury. Another one would be the Boone Supernationals. I mean, you know, I'm a modified guy. That's a huge event. And then the Knoxville Nationals for the sprint cars. I was there for the late models, but the sprint car deal, you know, is just, I mean, it, it, we're talking massive amounts of people. And, you know, this, as good as the sprint car races have been, that'd be a good show to get to. So them would be my three, uh, like I said, the Prairie Dirt Nationals, that Falls, the Boone Super Nationals. And isn't this crazy? I mean, who in their right mind would be like, man, I want two of my dream racing vacations to be to Iowa. I mean, <laughs> Nobody says they want to go to Iowa, but in the racing world, they got some pretty cool stuff happening over there. So well,
1: any closing thoughts there on the Crown Jewelsberg? Well, regarding Iowa, build it, and they will come. <laughs> ah, yes. There you go. Hey, that movie right there, Field of Dreams,
0: I mean, hey, you know where Doc Moonlight grand was from, don't you? Minnesota. on <laughs> Minnesota. Hometown of this guy and hookah
1: oh really i yep. didn't know that
0: yeah yep. <laughs> So okay. well, there you go a little 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 trivia there for you doc Moonlight oh, that, Ram, he, he wasn't our doctor by the way that's uh
1: that's my all-time favorite movie so <laughs> that,
0: that movie is good yeah so yeah rewatch the movie they talk about chisholm minnesota and uh they got they got doc moonlight Graham days and they got all that going on and that's where puka and i are both from is from chisholm minnesota so Pretty cool deal, and let's get into, there is some racing coming up, right? We, we talked about the racing that happened. We got some racing coming up this weekend, and uh, there's, there's, there's more than three events coming up, but three that really kind of caught my eye, so to speak, and I'm going to catch grief for this one, Bert, because – I said caught my eye and then I'm going to start with a crate. I'm going to start with a crate late model race.
1: I, I noticed that right away. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Down at the Alltech speedway. And it's, and the reason it caught my eye is on, you know, we're going to be able to watch it, right. It's on flow on um, Friday and Saturday. <coughs> like I said, down at all tech five grand to win for the, for the 602 crate lights. My guess is we're going to get to see maybe a Kyle Bronson. You know, because he's been running quite a bit of crate stuff. So my, I'm expecting to see him. It'll be interesting to see if some other big names, maybe uh, uh, maybe an Earl Pearson Jr. I know he's raced a little bit of that. So um, Cody Overton, um, I'm sure he'll probably be there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if maybe Brandon jumps in a car. I don't know if he is or not. But, uh, yeah, it should be some good racing Friday, Saturday. Heats, and I think, heats on Friday and features on Saturday for that one. Now, I'm going to jump down. I'm going to jump back to this one. But uh, down to to Texas. Now, again, I'm going to catch grief for this because three races I said, hey, they're upcoming. Two of them (laughs) are like B cars, right? USRA Limited Mods, which are like B mods, whatever you want to call them. But it's the Jerry Whitaker Memorial. Now, I raced against a Whitaker from Texas. I'm guessing it's got to be family I don't remember his name, but he ran. We ran USMTS mods down there. That's Friday, and Saturday. That's on XR, and that is five thousand to win as well. So if you have either one of those streaming platforms, you're gonna be able to watch. You know, either the crate late deal for five grand, uh, the mod deal for, or the limited mod deal. But I'm guessing with not a lot of mod stuff going on, you might see some some open mod guys jumping into something like that. We'll have to. I guess time will tell. But the one, that, the one that really catches my eye, the one that I'm probably most excited about, is night number two of the Driving Extreme Dirt Car Series at the Volunteer Speedway, Bulls Gap, Tennessee, the Grinch 40. Five grand to win for that one, right? They, all them shows pay five grand to win. I think it's 15 grand to win the points. Um, that is also on flow, but um, it's on Saturday. The one thing that disappoints me with this deal, Bert, did you did you catch what time they start?
1: No, I didn't look.
0: Noon, <laughs> noon, right? So we're having like the the main late model race of the week starting at noon. Eight, eight, count them, eight, eight, eight classes of cars. They're doing that just for Puka. Puka, that one's <laughs> for you. I what you need to do in Puka is, is you got to turn the race on um jump on early I I think time trials and stuff start earlier than noon but I could be wrong but it's it's a noon start I can't imagine it's going to be good I, I probably honestly I probably won't even watch it I'll probably jump on and you know watch the recap you know or maybe I'll I'll jump on to flow afterwards and just kind of scroll through all the heats and eliminate the eight hours of craziness um but that Extreme Dirt Car Series, uh, I think this is year number two of that deal. Pretty cool series they have kind of goes over the winter. Um, are you going to be able to catch any of the action from those three races?
1: Um, I don't know if I'll catch them live. I'll try to catch some of them live. Um, I have the grandkids over on Saturday, and I'm watching both of them by myself. So I, I'm sure I won't be watching any racing on Saturday. Uh, but I will definitely go in later and at least watch the features um, for whatever races I can, so yeah, um, I,
0: I, yeah, I'm not sure what the plans are. I, I can guarantee you this, Bert. I can guarantee you, I'm not gonna like flip it on at noon and watch all right. The that is <laughs> that is not happening. So again, I'm getting back to the Thanksgiving theme. I'm so thankful for streaming services because we can fast forward through all the stuff we don't want to watch, and we can get to watching the races that we do want to watch. And I just don't understand. You know, when you have a special like this, why on earth are they having eight classes of cars? I mean, I I ran, I was on, I didn't run it. I was on the board at the Hibbing Raceway. Uh, I was heavily involved with the Grand Rapids Speedway. And the problem with board type tracks is you got like representatives of all the classes and everybody's kind of involved. And if you, if you eliminate somebody's class, you're like, well, what about me? How come my class doesn't get to run? Everybody's feelings get hurt. A promoter-based class, track you know you kind of have the deal of this is how it is we're running this class this class this class, and and you got plenty of racing all year long And this i don't know if that's just kind of like they want to include everybody because it's it doesn't really provide more entertainment value in fact i think it kind of detracts from it what do you think
1: i i'm wondering if they're looking at it from a back gate thing where you have more classes you're going to have more drivers so you collect more money at the back gate um I don't necessarily think that's the correct way to go about trying to make money because as a fan, I mean, and I love racing, but I don't want to sit through A classes. I'm I'm sorry. I don't want to. No,
0: no. You know, and, and that's the thing is, is the track's not going to be as good either. I mean, it's hard to keep up with the track with that many classes. So I guess we're just going to have to wait for Puka. I don't know if he's going to fly down, drive down. I know he's going to be super <laughs> excited to hear about this deal. So he's probably going to be making the way down there. Um, I know that we won't be. So let, that brings us to the last lap. You know, quite a, quite a lot of little stuff going on. Bert, did you see that crash? in that F1 race in Bahrain.
1: Yeah, I did and I mean I have some comments about that. I mean, the first thing that came to mind for me was what are they doing with a guardrail as as a barrier for an F1 race? I mean, most local tracks in our area have gotten rid of guardrails because they're dangerous and you know and have gone to concrete walls. I I don't understand how a racing organization as big as F1 would allow their drivers to race at a track that uses guardrails and not concrete walls. I mean, because it what happens? It, it it appears that the car hit the guardrail and the the guardrail like sliced the car in half. And I mean, that driver is. I mean, then it went into into a into a gulf of fire. I mean, he's lucky to survive the fire. But I mean, he's lucky that. He survived the impact.
0: Yeah, that I mean, was That
1: was intense. <laughs> like, when they showed that, when I watched it the
0: first time, they they showed the car destroyed, right? And they showed the fire workers going over there and putting the fire out. And in my mind, like, I didn't know what, what side the driver was on. I'm like, well, why are they focusing on the driver? I thought the driver was in the other side of the car. And it turned out he was in the front half of the right. car, went, ripped off right behind him. Like, I had no idea the first time I watched it that he was even in the fire. I thought he – I'm like, why don't they go into the driver? Like, they put the fire out later. Go to the driver while well, the driver was in the fire. That's a scary deal. I mean, I've seen – you know, I didn't – I guess I didn't personally see it, but I was there up at Riverview Raceways when uh, Dennis Jones got burnt up, and, you know, that, that was a scary deal. Fortunately, this was gas, so it's, it's orange, right? It's not clear. So that, that was good. He was able to get out, and he didn't lose consciousness, so he got out. It sounds like – I don't know how to say the name. It's one of them foreign names. Is it Romaine <laughs> Grostin? That's kind of how it's spelled. I'm guessing that's probably not how you say it. But, uh, you know, I don't know about concrete walls, but safer barriers. I'm surprised they don't have safer right. barriers there. But the the safety equipment, the seat, the seat belts, whatever he has for a neck support, you know, all of that stuff, I'm very, very thankful that they have, you know, safety equipment in these cars today that are as good as it is. Because 20, I I started racing in 1990, and my first seat, and keep in mind it was on a hobby stock. It was a 1971 Impala. But my first seat was a fiberglass, sit straight up and down, no seat cushion seat that you kind of, I was, I was skinnier then, skinny. And I could slide around in there in the belts. I mean, it was the most unsafe thing that you've ever seen in your life. And the the safety equipment they have now clearly saved that guy's life. Also, somebody was definitely looking down on him because that was that was vicious. Now, well, when, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say I was reading an article today about the crash, and they're speculating that what saved him was uh, the halo in the car. And apparently, they've just added that to the cars within the last few years. And I guess there was a little bit of controversy when they did add them because some people didn't want them added to the cars. So um, luckily, they did add those because they're speculating that's what saved his life.
0: Yeah, I read that too. You're exactly right. Now, now that we know he's okay, he had a, he had a few burns. I think he had some broken ribs, I think minor stuff. It, you know, in the scheme of things, it was minor stuff. What in the hell was he thinking? Like we're on lap one, he does a three lane change across the nose of somebody and stuffs himself in the wall. I mean, I mean, I don't want to see anybody get wrecked, but like literally, the guy's gonna watch the tape and go, "Yeah, that was my bad. What the hell was he doing?" I mean, like, it's we're talking about F one supposed to be the best drivers in the world, right? All this, and he makes that was a, that was a bonehead mistake right there.
1: Yeah, I I guess I didn't realize it was the first lap. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, lap one going straight across the nose. Of, I'm like, wow. And then they hooked, and bam, it was all over from there. But fortunately, he was okay. <clears throat> um, that was – I mean, when them things burn up, man, I'm telling you, when they hit the wall like that, it's like a video game. You know, I don't know if you remember the – was it, the, is it Dan Weldon that passed away in uh, yeah. Texas? I mean, if you watched that one, and that was Indy, that wasn't that was Indy, right? Not F1, but the cars kind of looked the same. Thing. Right. I mean, the cars were shooting off into the fence. It looked like a video game cars crashing. I mean, it was mm-hmm. crazy, and things are going really fast. And when they when they wreck, they wreck hard. And and uh, like you said, I'm glad they put that halo deal in there. The safety equipment saved that guy's life. So fortunately, uh, hopefully, he gets a speedy recovery, he can get back after it.
1: No. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, talk.
0: I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna jump down. And uh, I'm going to jump down one. So you said drivers don't really, you know, there's some controversy. They don't want to add things. Drivers don't like change. Okay, period. When there's a rule change, drivers don't like it. I mean, the, the world of all the guys were severely unhappy with the group rule last year. IMCA, I just saw this today. They announced their new rule changes for 2021. This is interesting. They announced That the front shocks and rear shocks, front shocks will have a max length of seven inches, rear shocks, a max length of nine. But the biggest thing is no um, preloading of the springs. So right now the mod world has gone to, they've gone to some pretty creative stuff on the front of these cars, pinning them down. They they got creative with super soft springs and a lot of preload in the left rear. You know, they've made, that's kind of the technology has taken over and IMCA said, yeah, this is getting out of hand, bam, it's done, so I, Ricky Thornton Jr. posted on there, and, and I, I messaged him a little bit, I said, well, what do you think, he's like, well, he goes, it's gonna change some things for sure, because, you know, with our cars, we're doing some pretty funky things, but he goes, you know, I guess it is what it is, we'll just have to figure it out, and, you know, and, and he's exactly right, the cream's still gonna rise to the top, but, you know, I talked to Buzzy Adams, and I said, Buzzy, what do you think, he goes, well, long term this is a good deal it's going to make a lot of people especially the ones from north carolina going to make them pretty unhappy because they got a lot more technology and and you know they they've really put a lot of time money and effort into developing all this but it's it's kind of making you know it's it's not good for the sport long term so the people out there as i talked to my buddy johnny brokey he's not real happy about it because he has a lethal of course from you know the the north carolina area but they'll figure it out you know and the one thing I'll say is this sometimes that technology sets you back, right? You know, like, like I know that the lethal cars has past year and the modifies, they went to some different zero indexing type stuff. And the cars that did that, they were terrible. They, the ones that were on their old package were better. So, you know, I think it puts, I think this will put the driver back in. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's a good thing to kind of get rid of some of this technology. I guess I'm kind of old school. Some people are going to be disappointed, but. That's a, that's a big change. That's, this is a big, big move in the modified world. And usually when IMCA starts something like this, you see Wissota, UMP, or, yeah, UMP USRA, eventually down the line, they start to follow suit. So could this start a spiral effect with uh, simplifying the suspensions on, on modifieds? And IMCA did it on all their classes. Um, So that's kind of it's it's a pretty big deal. So there's going to be some grumbling going on about this and I'm gonna see if I can maybe talk to a few drivers specifically some IMCA guys and kind of get their input so we can talk a little bit more about this next week after everybody has a week for this to kind of sink in. So I I just want to add that in there. Now, another thing that came out this week is you're talking about new things. And I'm gonna let you touch on this first. Did you see that deal called The Rev?
1: I saw something. I, I didn't look into it real close. Um, my basic understanding is that uh, fans can pay a fee and a driver of their choice will leave them a message or something to that effect. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a guy put together
0: <laughs> this platform. and I'm all about people being an entrepreneur. And I going to see if I can find the price point here. I don't know if I have it necessarily right in front of me or not but needless to say i don't have it give me one second here yeah i don't have it in front of me um i've seen as low as like 10 or 20 dollars for a different personality you know for like a 15 minute little happy birthday shout out or whatever up to like i think the number was 500 it could be more for like a 30 second shout out from like donnie shots right and See, I'm a I'm a racer promoter. I'm a fan too, but I'm not like, and nothing again. You know, we need fans that are passionate and all that. But me, I'm more of like the I like to have an active role in it. And and on a fan side of things, some fans are like super passionate. And I think back to WWE wrestling. You know, you go to these different events, and some of these fans are flat out like, <laughs> "Wow, okay." They are like all so. There's there's clearly a market for it, but. For me, I'm like I, – I, if somebody's going to spend $200, $300 for somebody to give me happy birthday, I mean, kidding me? Like, just give, give me the money, right? I don't want – I don't need you to spend $300 to have some dude send me a, you know, 30-second little video message saying happy birthday. It's, what's your thoughts as a fan? Is this something that would appeal to you? Um, is this good? Is it bad? What's your overall thoughts of this
1: deal? I mean – I don't I don't think it's necessarily good or bad. I mean, it's definitely a, um, you know, a way for whoever came up with this. I mean, he's trying, they're trying to make money. I mean, I mean, that that's the bottom line. Um, Me, would I pay for this service? No, not at all. Um, I mean, I have better things. I'd rather spend my money and go to a race rather than have a shout out from a driver. I mean, at, at most of the races you go to with these types of drivers, you can go in the pits afterwards and talk to them anyway. So I I don't understand why you would want to pay, uh, for that. Um, I mean, it reminds me a lot of, um, I mean, I was in, I was the editor of sports collectors digest for a few years and I, I worked in the sports collectibles industry for like 10 years. And, um, to me, I, I kind of think it's similar to autograph collectors who will pay two hundred dollars to get an autograph from, you know, an you know their favorite NFL player. They'll pay an extra fifty dollars to have them, to have a special uh, inscription, um, you know, like two-time Super Bowl champion. You have to pay extra if you want that on the autograph and to me, I never got it. Uh, To me, I always thought that was a waste of money. I mean, you're paying that type of money just to get a signature from, from that person. And, you know, I just don't see the reason for paying a lot of money to get a message from, from somebody.
0: (laughs) And I look at it and and I'm trying to see the good in it, but I don't. Um, You know, I'm all about somebody being an entrepreneur, making a little extra cash, being unique, trying something different. Hey, hats off for that. Great. Um, but one thing in my mind that's always set apart dirt track racing from every other sport in, on the planet, I don't care if it's wrestling, to football, to hockey, to baseball, I don't care, right? What's, what set us apart was the ability to have that interaction with drivers, you know, and not having drivers go, well, yeah. you know, you're going to have to pay me $20 for an autograph or whatever. You, you ain't got none of that, right? And, and there's enough people in the dirt racing world, I truly believe, I think we got some good folks in the dirt racing world, that if you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody, it's pretty I, – I would have to believe it's pretty easy to say, you know what, hey, can you just throw together a 20-second little happy birthday, man? It would, it would mean a world to my kid or whatever. You're going to find somebody willing to do that for free, Right. And the minute you got to start paying for this, well, what's next, right? What's next? See, that's what the question I have is what's next. Right now, fans go down in the, in the pits after the races, and they get pictures, and they get, you know, they can stand by their driver and get a picture taken. Whatever, they can do all that stuff. It, you got to be careful with this kind of stuff because it could get the ball rolling to where drivers become more like NASCAR, and you get to these. Imagine going, okay, you go to a NASCAR race. And you got to buy a special pit pass, a garage pass. It's about impossible, probably not now because the fan counts a lot less, but for a while it was almost impossible to have access to the drivers, right? You you literally kind of had to swoon in on them and, In the dirt track world, that's not the case. I mean, you go down to East Bay, for example, for the week of speed weeks down there, and you stick around. If you're there during the week, you can go meet with the drivers during the day. You can see them afterwards. There's nothing fenced off. It's just you can just go chat with them, whatever. Not a big deal. Well, is this going to start the ball rolling, or does it have the potential to start the ball rolling? where that's just no longer the case, where they have, well, okay, now we're going to have an all-access deal where you can meet the drivers, and you got to pay extra to get picked. I just – I don't like the direction that's heading. It's too NASCAR-y, too commercial for me, and I I just – I think it's a bad deal. I think it's borderline greedy, and it's dangerous for the sport that we all know and love, in my opinion. So I'm going to leave it at that because we'll see how this deal goes. (laughs) I can assure you that they're not going to go, Ryan, hey, you want to be a participant, You know, guy from the one to go show, you want to be one of them guys? I'm sorry, but I just don't think anybody is going to spend 50 bucks to get Ryan Aho to say happy birthday. I just don't think well, that's going to happen.
1: But they may spend 50 bucks to have uh, Ryan go on a rant about any topic they want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know, you know, the sad thing is, though, I'd probably do it for free. I just enjoy doing it, you know. I just, so, and, and that's the point of getting a lot of these I'm, – I'm telling you, a lot of these dirt track guys – they enjoy doing, and some of them don't, some of them are standoffish, right? But there's a lot of them that just, they love doing this stuff anyway, you know? And I mean, let's be honest, the elite dirt track guys are not that far removed from the local racer. They're really not. I mean, you see World of Outlaws, Lucas Oil, them type of shows come into a local area where they have that, where they already have open late models. And guess what? Some of them local guys have beat them. So there ain't that special, right? I mean, it's just not, you know, so I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's a step in the wrong direction. Um, Hats off for the guy being creative, entrepreneurial. I get it, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Now, speaking of streaming stuff, um, you know, some streaming platforms out there, they have the the monthly deal where, you know, you pay X amount a month. And if there's no real racing going on, they got to have some filler stuff and, and uh, did you see what Dirt Vision has going on? Like, no, I I have not seen what they're doing. Like, they're still doing that iRacing stuff, like and, and whatever. But I'm like, I, do people actually watch that? I mean, there's enough regular racing going on. Like, is there actually people that jump on Dirt Vision and go, oh, they're having the whatever late model race here or sprint car race iRacing version? Like, I can see when there was like. No racing going on. It's like, well, I gotta have something to do. But now with sports going on and racing, do you think there's even a demand for that anymore?
1: I wouldn't think so, but I mean I guess crazier things have happened. I mean, I'm not gonna jump on to watch i Racing. I mean, like you said, you know, when when basically the whole country went down on a lockdown in the spring, you know, I tuned in just to see what it was like because there was nothing else to tune into. But yeah, I mean, you know, NFL is going, you know there's other things, things going on that I wouldn't think there'd be a, now to actually do the racing, that's one thing, but to just sit there and watch it, I, I don't understand why why there would be a demand for that.
0: <laughs> Especially when you've seen people get kind of, I mean, just to take a good look at what happened with Kyle Larson, I think a lot of people are going to be going, eh, you know, and yeah, I, I don't know. I just, whatever i guess it is what it is but it was interesting to me when i when i was looking on dirt vision i saw that i'm like really it's kind of crazy Now, one thing that was kind of cool i was uh i got i follow kenny wallace on facebook he's kenny wallace and herm is herm right i mean the guy's a hell of a lot of fun he's got a lot of energy the guy is a he's an ultimate showman right i mean he's that guy that if he has a minute long two minute three minute long video i'm watching it. I, i watch them all because he's entertaining usually got some pretty good content and uh they, they were down at Gateway Raceway. I think that's right down by St. Louis. And he's like, hey, we got. The, they had Christmas lights there. And I thought this was super cool for all you tra- uh, track promoters. Um, and I can see James Trantina. So tag James Trantina in this. Let him know this is a good idea over at uh, in Sock Rapids, Minnesota at the, oh, man, what, what is that place called now? They, they keep changing names on it. Um, Granite City Motor Park, I believe is what it's called. They did a pretty cool deal with the candy toss and all that on Halloween, but they had a Christmas light display here to where they had it all set up. They had fence, they had music playing, they had Christmas lights, and pretty pretty neat use of a racetrack to be able to kind of go through and have a Christmas display at the racetrack. I thought that was pretty cool. So um, jump on Herm's, uh, um, Kenny Wallace, follow him on Facebook. Jump on there. You'll be able to check that
1: out. But I thought that was a pretty cool deal. Did you see that? No, I didn't. I'll, I'll have to make sure that I uh, uh, check that out and and see see what it looks like. Yeah,
0: it was pretty cool. And I'll, <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna end with this unless you have something you want to add. Um, Eldora, they made a big announcement this week, and uh, Keith said make sure you get this in there because he's a special. <laughs> but uh, what what did they announce at Eldora?
1: They are going to have two uh, two of the what's it called the King's Royal event. Um, so maybe uh, they weren't lying when they said that it was just being postponed. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, we kind
0: of, made, I, I, guess I made a big deal. It's like, I hate this word postponed. It's canceled. They didn't even have, well, no Eldora they're having it. So they're having, and it's actually kind of funny because it's back-to-back shows and they're having, I don't remember what numbers it is, but they're having next year's first and then this year's is going to be right after that. So they got the numbers kind of, they, it's just how, however they get yeah, it.
1: Yeah. Got the, I think it's the 38th annual is going to be Thursday night. And then the 37th annual is going to be Saturday night yeah, or something I think, like that. I
0: think, that <laughs> I think that's correct. Now, the question I have, and, and I can see this coming down the pipeline. I don't know that it's the case. But if they're willing to pay two back-to-back 175000 to win shows for the Sprint cars, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cross my fingers on this. Are they going to have two dreams? Are they going to have two World 100s? What's your thoughts?
1: If I were a betting man, I would say that is going to be the case. I mean, like you said, I mean, we don't know. Um, But if I remember correctly, I don't know, it was probably a month or two months ago, uh, Eldora Speedway had a tweet that kind of uh, insinuated that everything was going to be doubled up in 2021. And I mean, we saw that, you know, they announced the doubling for, for that, for the big sprint car race. So my guess would be that uh, they'll do it for the late model shows also. But uh, like we said, we don't know that for sure yet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess time will tell. We'll probably find out sooner rather than later. And we'll end with this Um, one big late model show going on this weekend. Five grand to win uh, dean Extreme Dirt Car Series. Bert, make your pick.
1: Oh, um, I'll go with Overton.
0: Okay. That's, that's not fair. I was going to pick him, but uh, that's <laughs> a good pick. Um, you don't want to go with, him. he's been pretty hot lately. I don't even know if he's going to be there, but I believe he is because he won the series last year. I'm going to go with Chris Smokey Madden. Um, He's been pretty darn good Um, since he got it back into a rocket car. He looks like a race car driver again. So um, <laughs> I think it's going to be a hell of a show. The feature, I'm not going to watch the whole program. Sorry, just not doing it, but, so Bert has Overton. I have Madden. We'll find out this Saturday night. That's on, I believe that's on Flow. So with that said, you know, hey, uh, great visiting. Always good. It's always good talking racing. Yep. Episode 57 in the books. And uh, like Luca says, you know, hey, go out there and be your dream. I'm Ryan Aho. That's the Burt Lehman. We're the one to go show. We'll be back at you next week.